0: longest sprint of your life it doesn't matter you won the stage my man now the women's race a few riders trying to get away into a breakaway but nothing able to stick all day long it came down to a fun sprint to the line this is chad and i'm brad and you're listening to the chad and brad cycling podcast
1: Welcome to the Chad and Brad Cycling Podcast. We are going to call this the Crits and Classics one. Brad, you will that? Will that suffice? Is that good?
0: Yeah, as long as I get credit for it, since it was my—I did pick the name. Although I think my—I yeah,
1: think that's—it's like you finding a dollar bill in your pocket after washing your pants for ten times. It's just like it just happened. You got lucky.
0: Every once in a, even a blind squirrel finds a, a Squirrel nut, gets right? a nut. Right? That's me. Yep, that's very true. Are you able to find it? Are you
1: able to find a, a squirrel or a nut in Pittsburgh with yeah. their 10 feet of snow?
0: I'm the blindest of the squirrels, but I can still find a nut every once in a while. Actually, we're, uh, we're, we're digging out of the snow now. It, uh, it's starting to melt out, so I'm going to go go ride my bike tomorrow. Until what, tonight or tomorrow when you get more <laughs> snow? <laughs> Probably.
1: Even in the North Carolina mountains, are looking at 6 to 10 inches. This is such bullshit. Bull- Pardon me, on language. This is bull
0: crap. Winter happens, man. Jeez, it's the true, well, it's a true <laughs> test to see if you get on the trainer or not
1: yeah no we're uh, we're packed in the training centers tomorrow it's just like everybody's texting and calling the training center like you having classes tomorrow I'm like what are you talking about and i was like or if this is on wednesday and i finally looked at the weather because i've been so cracked and uh yeah lo and behold 42 and rain tomorrow how exciting is that
0: <laughs> hey all the credit in the world to people that maintain a regular trainer workout throughout the winter though it, like that is such a tough thing to do to have the motivation to go you know go to a training center even get on your bike at home yeah there's no two ways about it riding a trainer is just not fun so mad respect well, to everyone that keeps the fitness over the over the winter
1: well that's the key too I mean like here in the Carolinas you know we're pretty spoiled when it comes to winter but you know with the training center concept we're fortunate enough to it it, it not a lot of people will do multiple days on the trainer in their garage because quite frankly there's probably a shotgun near them and they'll probably blow their head off <laughs> but a training center concept and even Zwift you know it's that kind of community that's been built up so you know we're kind of embracing all the technologies and pretty soon I'll get your arse down here and you'll be like oh my god that's the best thing ever I'm that's a big why
0: people keep going to Total Cyclist
1: that is why we are the best training center in the world All right, Okay. enough of that <laughs> enough of my public service announcement <sighs>
0: Let's talk about okay. some crits and classics.
1: Let's talk. Well, ah, man, that's a tough one. We're, I'll, I'll I will defer to the younger part of this equation. Where do you want to go first?
0: Let's start with the classics. Let's go. Okay. We'll go international first, and then we'll we'll circle back uh, to the U.S. I want to talk about. Poor Peter Sagan. So uh, E3 was today. Uh, by the time people hear this, we'll probably be God, a couple days What out.
1: happened to him?
0: <laughs> yeah. It, so now there's this flood of articles of, like, what happened to Peter Sagan? Peter Sagan has a terrible day. Why didn't Peter Sagan win E3? It's like, we got to realize that this guy can't win everything. And he can't do a top 10 every, every race that he enters. Uh, and I hate to see that he's not that. He's worried about pressure, but I hate to see that people are making that a standard for Peter Sagan, because it shouldn't be disappointing or surprising when he doesn't win. It should be surprising when he does win. I mean, that's what makes winning so special. Uh, and yeah,
1: Braddy's won everything before. That's part of the problem is that he has won in every. We saw him at the Tour of California. It was like it wasn't the Tour of California. It's the Tour of Peter Sagan. He won everywhere on some climbing. On some flat stuff, on some challenge. I mean, he's won in every single way. And I think that's part of the problem with his legacy is that, you know what, if it's a sprint stage, we know that somebody that's not a sprinter is not going to win. If it's a climbing stage, we know pretty much somebody is not going to win that stage. But Sagan has proved that he can win just about in any fashion, unless it's a pure mountain stage. He can win it. So that's probably the part of the problem with him is that they look at him and they go, well, today was suited perfectly for Peter Sagan. Well, I mean, my God, he got 20th. That's still reasonable, and I still think it sets him up well. Matter of fact, I think even because he got 20th today, watch out for the two real classics coming up because he's yeah. going to be a pissed-off
0: dude. No, for sure. And the, like a big part of why he got 20th at E3 was because he basically got boxed out by Quickstep. I mean, they it was attack and kill. They targeted him. They isolated him. Uh, you know, they would let him pull on the front and then when he would pull off, they'd attack, like just playing games with them all day, which is what happens when you win every bike race that you enter and wear, (laughs) wear the world champions Jersey. I mean, you know, that's the other thing. I I also, I I see people that are like, oh, it's not fair. They're picking on Sagan, whatever. It's like, well, that's the only way you're going to win. I mean, that's, if I'm looking at this from a, as a team, Sagan would be the first guy that I'd go after, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, what about this though? Can we blame his team more so than him?
0: I mean, he did, uh, he's he got a decent classic squad, but I don't think he has a great classic squad. Certainly not the squad that, like, Quick Step has. Turture. Hello. But, but, like, I don't know. Daniel Oss up there helping him out. But he doesn't have, like, a full—like, In like, this is what you said. He's so versatile. You know, he's they've, they've got to figure out where he fits in with the tour team and figure out where he fits in with the classics team and figure out where he fits in with the seven-day stage race teams when it comes to California. It's like— he, you know, he doesn't have a home. He doesn't have a place, and it's almost good. It's almost uh, well. It's definitely good. I, I love that he's such a an all rounder. Um, I think too that that really, you know, dovetails off
1: of what you said is that Peter Sagan actually in the latter part of his career, which of course he's right now at his zenith or just slightly, you know, right around it. Is that I think he could be a better stage racer because in the classics he's such a marked target. They know that he is one of the best classics riders, you know, in history, and he can win. You know, he's so powerful and so strong on the cobbled sections. He can get in a selection and win a sprint. I think everybody—it's like the field, or if you're looking at bet, you know, betting—it's either the field or Peter Sagan, and that's kind of the way a lot of them look at it now.
0: Yeah, I mean, so what do you do if you're a team and you've got to win? It's what
1: happened today.
0: Yeah, you you target him. I mean, you you know box them in or isolate them or take them off the back or whatever you can do in the group um and there's nothing wrong with that i mean that's bike racing this kind of goes back to when you have that situation of you know two or three riders in a breakaway coming to the finish line and there's one rider who sits on and then goes on to sprint and win and it's like ah, you know was it a good way to make friends no was it a good way to win a bike race hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) yeah. you know well here's
1: here's the here well, I'm sorry, here's the director Sportif, and here's the team meeting inside of the in in inside of the bus. Um, we can't let Sagan win. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much I bet because if Sagan is there, which he is there one hundred percent of the time, he's the guy to beat.
0: Yep. Which is perfect for a guy like, let's say, Greg Van Avermont, who can hope that, you know, the entire quick step team is going to be watching Sagan and then Van Avermont and BMC can maybe slip away or try and pull something off. So It does present some opportunities and makes for some exciting racing, especially when you see, like, the second he misses a move or there's a split and he's not there and everyone starts freaking out, trying to, you know... the commentators start going crazy. Right. And and everyone knows it, that he's not in the group. And so they want to grow the gap and they want to try and pull away. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. But it's the price you pay for being the world champion, I suppose. Although I I don't know that there have been many other riders that have had this kind of treatment, you know, this...
1: You mean publicly from from writers? No, 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 and, no,
0: not. I mean, not that he's being treated bad. Maybe treatment was the wrong word, but um, this—I don't know—that any other writer has been raced against as much as Sagan. Right, and sense. when I
1: said writer, I meant W R I T E R S, oh. not oh. R I. Yeah, oh. and that was my fault. I was like, I think he's probably going to take this the wrong way.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like you know, when Cavendish was at his peak, when he was winning multiple—well, I mean, still is, but. I don't think he's the old Cavendish anymore, but you know, people they didn't freak out when Marcel Kittle won a stage or whatever. It wasn't like, oh, is this the end of Mark Cavendish? What happened to Mark Cavendish? How did Mark Cavendish lose today? It's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of good sprinters at this race, and he didn't win today, and that happens. But yeah, Sagan seems to be held to a higher standard, which uh, I feel kind of bad Maybe. for the guy
1: maybe it's the age of social media that does that well that's
0: yeah there's probably because the there's a yeah.
1: lot of guys that came before him that are very similar to Sagan and his style you know and especially the classics writers that were you know you pretty much can guarantee that there's they've got an even odd to get on the podium and they weren't blistered nearly as much and i think it's the age of social media maybe i'm right but maybe i'm wrong i i don't know but you know they're I think it comes down to the fact that you're either a Sagan fan or you're you're not. I'm Honestly, I'm one of those guys that are just kind of somewhat indifferent. I am extremely impressed by him. Hell, I'm more impressed by his mountain biking than I am his road racing, but that's because I can ride a wheelie like nobody's business. But besides that, I don't really – I enjoy watching him race, but if he wins or loses, I don't get upset. Whereas I think true cycling fans either are big Sagan fans or not. I don't know. I don't know. What do you, What's your feeling? Do you think there's a middle ground with him in his popularity, especially as a classics writer?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. We're in the middle ground. I don't think you or I are, you know, cheering for his Mm-mm. demise or success. Um, uh. But. I like him off the bike a lot, you know, obviously, like everyone else. I think that's the coolest part of it. And the way that he deals with this pressure and the way that he deals with dumb questions and the way that he deals with all the things that come with being the best cyclist in the world right now, uh, to me, that's the most impressive thing. I mean, he could win 10 more monuments and 50 more tour stages, and it wouldn't change my perspective of him as an athlete, Uh, but his His attitude off the bike and the fact that he's still having fun, God, I hope he doesn't lose that. you know, i hope I hope this doesn't get to him and all the questions about why didn't you win and the pressure and the constant nagging. you know, I hope he never loses that uh, love for racing his bike, which I think we all see. he He has this youthful exuberance that you can't deny.
1: Yep. Nope, and I do appreciate that too. Speaking of which, all right, so we've talked about, you know, the race today and how it went down and for those of you who are probably listening, it'll be 3 days old or 2 days old or 1 day old. But we're looking forward to two of my favorite races in the world. I mean, I I prefer these over the tour. I prefer prefer these over the the, the semi tours. I prefer this that these two races more than any other two races in the world of bicycle racing because I think they're they, they have a taste to them. They have a feel. They have a presence. They just appeal to me, even though I've never raced them before. Hell, I've never even stood foot on them before. Um, but I'm talking about Flanders and Roubaix. And coming up, here is your um, your favorites. Obviously, if you're in the United States, you can't partake in this, um, or you probably could find some yeah, way. You, but There's, there's ways. Could, you, there's ways. You could. I'm, I'm trying to be somewhat... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, screw it. Yeah, you can you can lay cash down. Sagan is four and a half to one. His lowest odd is three and a half to one. Uh who do you think is second?
0: Now, uh probably Turfstra now. Uh probably after today, you're probably right. I don't know but who it. would
1: be your top th- who who else? And I know uh, that I'm pitching hole in you, but the, another guy that rides very similar that can sprint, can get into breakaways. Greg Van Aber I'd have to Yeah, I'd have to make him a favorite. Yep. Kwiatkowski, Kristoff Benut,
0: Terpstra, and Van Mark, oh, t- round out your top 10. Ties I hope that guy wins. What a year for him. No kidding.
1: Wouldn't that be kind of funky if he did?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, people wouldn't, you know, it would, there would still be the same questions. What happened to Kwiatkowski? What happened to Sagan? Why did Ties win? It's like, well, he won because he had a good bike race, and that's how it goes. And that's that's the awesome part about bike racing, too, is the same guy doesn't win all the time. and Yeah, I like when new guys win, so I hope a favorite doesn't win. I hope it's an underdog. I hope it's like a random...
1: Like Vincenzo Nibali at 100-1? to
0: Well, (laughs) yeah, I can't say I saw that coming, but when it did happen, you're kind (laughs) of like, yeah, so, you know, could have seen that coming, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, no one picked him, and that's what, I mean, that's what makes that so great. If Vincenzo Nibali was a 4-1 to favorite going into Molossan Remo, Eh. and he won, everyone would be like, "Uh, yeah, another win, you know, cool, good for him, but... Yeah, when you're an underdog and not a favorite, it, the storyline is just that much more compelling. So I will personally be rooting for the guys in like 15th, 20th, 25th place uh, come come Classics classics well, weekends. If,
1: if you're truly a fan of the underdog, I've got four guys for you.
0: Right. <laughs> Who should I be looking for?
1: These are all 1,001 to 1. All right. Ben Thomas, runner Janse van Rensburg, Sven-Erik Bistrom
0: zico waitens and david parr all right i'm gonna take sven eric bistrom as my what is it thousand thousand to one? one thousand
1: one thousand to one
0: one to one all right i'll throw it down i'm in okay
1: all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with zico he's my man i'm feeling the zico vibe all
0: right i like base i saw Bistrom race at uh, tour of alberta he's a he's a hard man he's a strong dude so it's my pick i don't think anybody on the
1: start list at least eighty percent of them aren't like you look at Flanders and Roubaix; those aren't like those are linebackers.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> most <true>. of them. <laughs> you don't you don't really I mean, get on the Roubaix roster as a.
1: Yeah, if you're a hundred and ten pound Colombian, you're not going to be on the roster. I don't think.
0: Although I don't know, there have definitely been the stories of the people that you know were never supposed to be in these classics at all, and uh, you know a, a late race call up or. You know, oh well, that's different. I mean, it's still a cool experience, right? It's still a cool story. Didn't, uh, I hate to use the yes. L word, but didn't Lance at one point do some cobbled yep. racing?
1: He got cobbled. Uh, he got cobbled. I think he was there one year
0: to support George. Yeah, and I remember it not going well for him. No, no. he. I don't
1: think he very much liked that. No. <laughs> he was not designed. I mean, he, he, he just, yeah, no. But that's,
0: I mean, right. And that's the total difference between uh, classics racing and stage racing. Stage racing is all about you know, minimizing risk and, and, minimizing problems that you have. And classics is all about dealing with those problems, you know, and it, it takes a certain type of rider to do the classics and it takes a certain type of rider to do the grand tours. Uh, and very rarely do we see overlap the, your personality is, is tough to, to do well in both stage races and classics because one is dealing with chaos and one is trying to prevent chaos
1: bingo and it another good analogy too is that you know we talked about football straight out of the gate um to me stage racing is more like astroturf and throwing 500 yards on both sides whereas you know the classics are three yards in a cloud of dust with mud and slop and snot and spit and guys with no teeth that's cool football yep exactly Um, but are okay, since we've talked about our, our dark horses at a thousand and one and one, are you gonna lay every bit of the rest of the money that you have that you made at uh, the Missouri State Championship?
0: <laughs> so I've got to, I've got one dollar on Spanish okay. Kistrom. I I'll put another dollar my favorite pick will be uh, Greg Van Evermont. I'm gonna go G V A on this one. Really? Yeah, I just think there's enough. You think
1: BMC's got – so essentially what you're saying is you don't believe in necessarily the strongest team. You believe in a rider that's the opportunist that can win the race because that's essentially what it comes down to.
0: Right. I think everything is going to be sort of line up just right for for Greg this weekend. BMC had a really good ride at E3 today, and Mm -hmm. they sort of screwed it up. I mean, I don't want – you know, it's easy to armchair quarterback here from 4,000 miles away, but – and that was quick math they definitely didn't seem happy either um so i think there might be a little you know little run for redemption from bmc in the next couple next couple weeks or next couple classics so yeah gva is always my pick but i also love greg van evermutt because he was like mr second place for the longest time ever and i just absolutely (laughs) adored him for that Even at Tour Utah, he was. I mean, every single, it seemed for a while there, it was like every single race, second place, almost there, you know. Uh, And then, obviously, he got it, you know, he got the wins that mattered. Um, But, yeah, I'd like to see him get some more wins. He's always a a fun racer. He's always exciting to watch. So,
1: yeah, that would be my pick. Well, Redemption Tour for me. I'm going to go Sagan at Flanders. Wow,
0: bold. Yeah. Bold. Yeah, we both
1: went off the hook there at four and a half and five
0: and a half to one. (laughs) Well, you got to pick your Cinderella, and then you got to pick your, you know, your number but
1: one. But the, the guys at a thousand and one to one aren't Cinderellas. Hey, you you're talking about Benute, though; he might be your guy. Yeah, but he's not an underdog, is he? Well, I he's, mean, it's seventeen
0: to one. I was going to say twenty to one, but yeah, all right. So yeah, that's still good.
1: Okay, now a true dark horse would be somebody like Degenkolb.
0: Yeah, no way. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking that.
1: You're not going to bite on that?
0: I just want whoever's got the worst odds. That's my guy.
1: Well, the worst odds, we've already given those. That's a 1,001 to 1. It doesn't yeah. get
0: worse than that. That's what I want. Hey, what was that school that knocked what? out? Did you watch the NCAA tournament? Yeah.
1: Oh, come on, man. You know me. I'm going to stick them all. Uh,
0: yeah, so don't say, you know, never say never, man. I'll say never. Miracles, There's miracles no happen. way. You probably said <laughs> never about UC whatever, whatever they were called. <laughs> the, the Retrievers.
1: You, at least you. Hey, today's National Dog International Dog Day. Well played.
0: International Puppy Day.
1: Oh, Puppy Day. Sorry. Well, we're fostering puppies oh, yeah? now, so I'm totally in. Yeah. International That's, Dog Day is like four years from now when all the puppies become dogs. But don't. What about the the dogs <laughs> that were puppies four years ago? Aren't they dogs today? It was a joke, man. I, I felt it. <laughs> I don't. I don't all have right. the logic to back it up. So to refresh this. I'm going with Sagan. Young guy's going with Greg, Greg Van Arvament. You're thousand to one guy. Hey, how about this? How about this? You and I Oh no, they're
0: gonna DNF both of Oh no no, no, no. <laughs> okay, I like that. Whichever dude places better, right? Which place is better,
1: what 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 at the next time what what's the next race we're gonna be at? Uh
0: probably a crit somewhere, if I had to guess. We'll put a b we'll, we'll bo- get- put a bottle of bourbon on it. How's that sound?
1: Holy shite.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I, I plan on making a lot of money with my bets, so I figure, you know.
1: Okay, so are we going to wrap in whose two riders had the best aggregate finish? No,
0: no, no. It's just our underdog. It is. Oh, un- just our underdog. It's underdog versus underdog. Best best placed underdog wins.
1: Oh well, then I'm i I have to go away from Purr Then I have to go with a guy like you know Van Rensberg. All it right, just sounds like a classics rider. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, Reinert, and you're going Bystrom. I'm gonna write this down, Van Rensburg. Oh nope. I'll, you know what? Just I'll just copy it and then paste it and send it to you in a text. How about that? That'll work.
0: <sighs> all right. It's not like it's
1: committed to the audio tape or anything. We yeah, but I don't trust you. I you you right. you millennials have ways of making shit disappear. Right.
0: Right. Their technology <laughs> and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, all your all your pop-up blocking <laughs> disabling activities. Um,
0: okay, well, we've
1: got it on. Uh, we've got it on, on uh, recorded, so we're good. All right, uh, we'll talk about Roubaix. I think later because I, we could
0: probably make the same arguments for that just as well. Yeah, we'll see how our underdogs do, and then re for Roubaix. We'll do a separate Roubaix episode. Let's talk about some crits. I am tired of talking about classics.
1: Yeah, but this could be fun. I mean, there's could let's be a lot about, of. Let's talk on.
0: about the best discipline of road racing that there is: criterium racing. Oh, geez, I was getting ready to say – I was just getting ready to say e-bike racing. But okay, <laughs> There is a new e-bike series, by I the way. I saw that. I, I saw I'm that. I'm very excited that we now have a series for competitive e-bike riding.
1: Uh, did, I mean, does USA Cycling – do they have the still the same iPad that Chuck Hodge will then scan the bikes with oh, to find out if, if there's loader in it?
0: I don't even know if this is sanctioned. I don't even know if it's a –
1: Yeah, but how – I mean, how do you know if one guy doesn't have a four horsepower and the other guy's got a three?
0: I'm going to assume, because it's sponsored by Specialized or presented by Specialized, so I'm going to assume there's some sort of, yeah, you can look at the, I mean, you can look at the motors and see. (laughs) I guess it's really the battery is the would be the issue. Maybe the (laughs) the size of your battery. You know what they say, it's not the size of your your battery.
1: (laughs) Why did I know it was going down that route? (laughs) The next battery. Uh, nice but, power. hey,
0: I don't care. More people on bikes, as long as they're having fun, more power to them. Go race your e-bike. or Regardless
1: of whether they're a helmet or not, it's care. irrelevant. Yeah,
0: race, race on Zwift for all I care.
1: <laughs> hey, I might do that tomorrow. Anyway, back to crits. We've uh, got kicking off here. You're going to be in
0: Alabama. Yeah, Sonny King kicking it off, which is kind of the unofficial first race of the season for the American calendar. I mean, it's first stop in the pro road tour and sort of the first big credit of the year too. So I like Sonny King. It's always a good, you know, good test for everyone. Get to see who's.
1: Yep, I've done in the past. You're you're continuing to do it, doing the live stream, doing Yeoman's work like a 15 hour live stream. That's <laughs> some... it's not
0: it's not quite 15 hours, but yeah, we're oh. we're on air for nine hours on uh, on show day in in Aniston, which is cool. So we we start at noon um, and do all the junior races, most of the amateur races. Uh so it's pretty cool to have a you know, a full almost full T V production for a junior seventeen, eighteen race or a masters thirty five plus race or whatever. Um but that's part of the experience. You know, you, you uh come race Sonny King and your friends and family can watch at home. NHG. Are you getting
1: like tweets about talk about my son Johnny or something like that? Oh yeah.
0: Which I love. I mean I you know, we can't be expected to know everything about every 17 year old rider out there so nothing makes me happier than getting moms that follow me on twitter like I, i've i've been slowly okay. amassing this following of riders mothers who you know are just so pumped to hear updates about their kid racing or you know how they're doing or whatever uh and then i like when they give me little tidbits like oh you know he likes the crust cut off of his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and i can use that on the street this, this is a little creepy <laughs> You you should say
1: mothers and fathers. Well, okay,
0: mothers and fathers, but I think there mothers tend to be more vocal in there. <laughs> yeah, you think? You know, yeah. Very true. It's a, a mother's touch, but yeah, I like when I get to, I like when I get parents on Twitter. So, if you've got a kid or a friend or a relative racing, uh, hit oh.
1: Brad Soner <clears throat> at Brad Soner S O
0: H N E R. Oh yeah, always feel free to, you know. Send us information, but we also get a lot of bad information. Like I also hear a lot of people that are like, "Oh, you got to watch this," you know, next up and comer. Like this is the this kid's the real deal. You got to watch this kid, and it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> not the real deal. He made it three laps in the cat three race.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was your tweet back on that? Uh, next time, shut it.
0: <laughs> I think I just yeah, you just let the let those go by. But <laughs> yeah, that's one of the cool things about these live streams, right? Being able to interact with people at home and. You know, talk to their friends and family while they're out racing. So, one of my favorite things we do every year at Sonny King during the pro race, I always ask for pictures of where people are watching from, like where, you know, what your setup Uh, is like and where you're streaming it. Um, That's a big motocross thing. Yeah, exactly. Supercross. Supercross does that. Same thing. And then we put it up and, you know, and then there's pictures of pets watching, which has become a thing over the last couple of years. Uh, Somewhere along the line, Twitter decided that they were going to just send me pictures of cats watching the race. Okay, and that's so, just. Uh, I'm not a cat fan. Well, there so. were do- there were dogs too. It was a, it okay. Was a, it was a pet run. Um, but yeah, that's a one of the one of the cool things about Sonny King is being able to do the stream the amateur races, even if it is nine hours of coverage. Are you doing the full slog of nine? That's impressive. Uh, I won't be I won't be on air for the full nine hours. Uh, I'll be in the truck for the first half of the day, uh, working on stuff for the pro races. But uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be live for nine hours that's for sure cool
1: yeah sweet well it is the official usually is the official kickoff um i remember years and years ago when when i was uh down there doing the race um man it was toyota united and sierra nevada Kodak, kodak gallery and it was just like it was head butting at the finish and it was like insane racing it was so hard and fast good stuff
0: the days of the big teams.
1: Yeah, which and that's very true. The days of the big team. Yeah. Um, eh, well, maybe we'll get back there someday. And I do understand it If and correct me if I'm wrong, equal prize purse, men to women?
0: Correct. Yep, equal prize per, uh, for the pros. Yep. Ladies, hopefully a big field shows up. Yeah, why would you not want to race, right? Live streaming, equal prize lists, great that's announcers. Makes, I mean...
1: That's what makes bike <laughs> racing wonderful, especially Criterion Racing. Live streams, big money,
0: and great announcers hey so speaking of live streams uh Mm -hmm. let's talk about the second big stop where everyone is going which is athens twilight um Mm -hmm. which will also be streamed but behind a paywall which is kind of interesting we've uh had this chat on the podcast before and this year usa crits has decided that they are going to put up a paywall for their series of live streams um Which I'm excited for. I'm glad that they're charging people to watch. I'm glad that, uh, or I hope that people realize that we're going to have to start paying for content, as I've long been a an evangelist of. Um, But I'm interested to see what the you know what the production's like. It's a really fine line to walk when you're trying to charge people for content because you have to charge what it's worth. You know, you want to, it's sort of a chicken and egg thing too. You need more money to make a better production, but you don't want to charge people for a production that's not up to snuff. So, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the, what the USA Crits live streams look like.
1: Now is your philosophy that, okay, if I'm paying $5 because I applaud it. I mean, I, for those of you who are new to the Chad and Brad cycling podcast, go back about, I would say it's almost a year to date. That we had gene dixon on yeah, and it was very intriguing there was i i i kind of felt like switzerland and uh it's interesting to see gene adapt and, and i applaud it just like you um by the way brad and i don't get a single percentage piece of it um it's not it was merely about hey if we're going to elevate the sport now if we take elevating the sport of cycling and taking it one step further by putting a paywall up does your expectations of the production of the event go higher?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it should, I think there's a, you know, what you get for a free stream shouldn't be the same as what you get for a paid stream. And it's not just about not having to deal with commercial breaks and stuff like that. I mean, we really need to step up our game in terms of how we're shooting and broadcasting criteriums, because that's a big part of the excitement of it. If if you don't shoot it right and you don't present it the right way, it's not exciting. I mean, it's, a, a, a poorly shot Criterium race is not fun to watch. and I Unless it's free. Uh, uh, well, you don't get as angry if it's free. You know, you don't feel as... No, people still do get angry, oh, well, that's but true. it's still free. Right, but you have to remember it's free. But once you put even just $1 down, you know, that first... Every mistake hurts, you know, you notice it a little more uh, when you put down money for a for a paid stream. So... It'll be interesting. They're definitely, you know, Gene has been in USA Crits, Swagger, I guess, have been improving their production value for sure. Uh, and it sounds Absolutely. like they're making some some big steps this year, too. So, uh, yeah, only time will tell. But I'm certainly excited to see it, and I'm glad that they're charging uh, for the stream. Tut, tut, plus one. Now, I
1: think I have the answer for you. I already have the answer, but no, nope, no. Nope. I'm going to write down three things. Well, I've got them down in my head. There are three things that if you're paying for it, what – now, this is outside of USA Crits or whatever. I'm just talking about Brad Soner producing an event or Chad Andrews co-producing an event. What are the three must-haves if you're paying, let's say, $9.99 for a race. I have them in my head. I think I actually sent you a video of one that I think would be badass that was totally necessary. You tell me three things. All right. I have
0: three things. My biggest thing is uh, the lenses on the cameras. Having enough zoom to be able to really see the riders and get in close and see what's going on uh, is important. You have to be able to get into the Peloton. So I think good cameras is massively important. Uh, Number two, I would say graphics. You know, having Mm -hmm. a good... Bug Um, and everything. Yeah, I mean, in keeping them updated, keeping the data correct, identifying riders—you know—you really have to be vigilant about about that, and it's a tough job. Um, Would you suggest a crawl? uh i'm not i'm not really a fan of the crawl i like what like nascar is doing it now where they just bring it in sort of a a left box and they'll just Mm. list the top 30 or 50 i like that as a static element rather than the crawl across the bottom it takes so much effort and time to look at a crawl and if you're looking for a specific rider you don't want to have yeah, yeah you don't want your eyes glued to that crawl so uh yeah i like when we just pop in the top 20 or top 30 or whatever um, but that's important too. I mean, that's, that's part of graphics is making sure that people always feel like they know what's going on. Like they know, you know, who's where they know where their rider is. They know who's in the breakaway, what they're looking at, that kind of stuff. So, uh, graphics are my number two, number and three, And number three, what about a finish line drone? The third most important thing. All right. Uh, well, I was going to say a motion shot, but an aerial shot, shot. An aerial shot is up there for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, being able to see the sprint from up above is huge, a game changer. And this is also a problem with with these uh, the big camera lenses that that we use for the for the big TV productions. The problem is as you have more zoom it starts to crush your depth of field so it gets yeah. really you've seen it when we're doing comment like trying to call a race live it gets it's really awesome hard awesome. to yeah. see how far back second place is because they all look like they're right there and it looks super yeah. close when you have this head-on shot and then you see the the aerial the overhead shot and it's like oh it wasn't even close at all but those telephoto zoom lenses sort of yeah short shorten the depth of field um so yeah i'll, I'll uh, endorse the The aerial shot. The other other thing I was going to say would be a cable cam, you know, some sort of, but something to to capture that finish sprint, which is obviously what we're there for, you know, the reason we waited around for an hour. Um, Or in Athens case, two hours. Or two hours, depending on how the race goes. Um, So yeah, those are my my three big things. Those are also three very expensive and ambitious things to do, Um, but you asked about you know, premium content, paywall stuff, so.
1: Yeah, well, that's exactly where the the model that you and I have pushed for, and this is the model that Gene and some of the other places, I mean, so other other events are are pushing for, because, again, it's not sustainable, and I don't want to go into this whole diatribe about what Brad and I and Gene talked about. If you want to listen to it, go back and listen to it. It's a great podcast, but this is what we're pushing for. Again, there's no, absolutely nothing that, we get reward from this other than the fact that we know that our sport is elevating i I do have a question though are you a fan of because bike racing for those of you who don't know or criterium announcing which brad and i are very fortunate i've done a a thousand of in my life brad's done probably 500 in his life that there's something to be said about the live commentary and then there's also tv commentary are you a fan of bringing in a little of of the live commentary into the stream, or keeping it totally separate?
0: No, one of my absolute pet peeves is when promoters will put all this effort into having a stream and then not hire a separate announcer for the stream. It's just, it's two different presentation styles, you know? We're yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering and, and going crazy when we're on stage, you know, on-site doing the PA, and that just doesn't translate into your living it doesn't room at when all. you're 500 miles away, so, um, yeah, I'm, I... I am not a fan. In fact, I will go as far as to say I hate when they <laughs> use the PA feed on top of a stream. But to be honest, that, I think that's something that's going to, you know, that was a, a very infant thing to do in streaming and production. And uh, I. Well, it was the hardest
1: thing for. I mean, you've done it a couple times, but I've done it a lot. It is really hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to pull off because it's virtually impossible for me to have. I've got this mindset when I'm on TV. And I've got this mindset, I'm on the stage, and they are, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, completely different personalities. And then when you're doing both, you kind of, you're like, oh, crap, I'm being over the top too much, but oh, crap, I'm insulting the people who are actually here because they want to see, you know, entertainment. So, yeah, there's this huge deuce disconnect for anybody, and it's, it's, I mean, I think one time you said, Chad, I think you probably did the best that could be done at that, and it still was terrible. <laughs>
0: And it was. I was like, no, I sucked because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. You just have to commit to one style or the other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the demographics gets screwed, whether it's the people watching at home or the people there, you know, they're not going to get the full thing. So but that, you know, that's yeah. such a small thing. Like we talk about the cost of bring in one more commentator. It's just like like anything else, like a jib or a cable cam or a drone or whatever. You know, it's another few thousand bucks that you got to throw into the budget. Uh, yeah. and those things start adding up. I get it. You know, it's, it's not easy for a promoter to, to put this money together, but, um, you know, hopefully the paywall will ease that burden a little bit. Folks will open up their wallets, throw down some money and, uh, we can have better, better coverage of Criterion Racing.
1: Yeah. And just to give you a little bit of backdrop, uh, Brad is actually going to be doing uh Sonny King and I'll, uh, I'll be the following weekend. I'll be in, in Athens or getting ready to start what they call speed week. For those of you who have never had the opportunity before, you know, the whole Swagger crew has put on years of criteriums, granddaddy and all. But Speed Week is a series of races that lead up kind of like to Daytona in NASCAR. You know, the big race of the weekend is Athens on Saturday night, the 28th, I think. But it's – for those of you who have never been there or seen it, it's like – imagine 10 to 15 deep in a one-kilometer course with the smell of beer and barbecue that's it for for hours and it's just it's nuts and obviously you have you know the University of Georgia there you know and all their their craziness and zaniness it it truly is one of those ones where if you're a bike racer coming up through the ranks you know it's one of those bucket list items that you go to a new racer you put them on the start line of Athens Twilight and you hear my commentary or any commentator's commentary and the music and like you can look at this new kid's heart rate, and it's already sub threshold yep. before we've taken one pedal stroke, because they've heard stories about it. They heard, you know, stories about you know Vasily Devidenka winning, or you know, or or you know, uh, you know, God, uh, come on, he's a DS Ford rally, um, Jonas, uh, Jonas, God, one of the best crit racers ever. You know, the, the legacy just keeps growing and big. And, it, you know, they it, it's called the Twilight for a reason because it was the first race ever called Twilight. But the irony behind it is it has never gone off at, at Twilight. It's always been like nine o'clock start. <laughs> you know, it's just insane. But there, uh, do,
0: There's no question that Athens Twilight is the best crit in America um, or at least the most popular or most famous. Uh, yeah. The history of it and it, you know, it backs it up for sure. Every year it's a blast. Um Yeah, if you've never been, you gotta go. There's no.
1: I mean, I'm exhausted afterwards. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but literally, I feel like I've erased the crit, like the whole day. It's like full on. Like I remember Dave Toll came and did it with me one time. Um, This is when the tour uh, Georgia was going through, and uh, Jeff Roach and and Dave came, and Dave was with me on stage, and Jeff was on the back with Steve Sevener, and we were like doing the Masters race, and Dave comes out of the gate like he's been shot out of a cannon. (laughs) I was like oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to keep up with this guy. It's just like I'm trying to save my bullets for the women's race and the men's race, and here we are on the Masters race, and Dave's already like full throat, and I'm just going, oh, my God, I am going to be so cracked if I try to take pulls with Dave. Um, but I did learn a lot about my commentary then. It's like I learned that Dave can do that, and I learned I simply can't do that.
0: Yeah, welcome to every day of my life working with Dave. <laughs> the, the guy the guy has more energy than a six-month-old Jake. puppy.
1: He is man. He's like on International Puppy Day. He's like five thousand of them. Yeah, it's incredible. He like if you don't get chills when you hear Dave doing the commentary, and it was pretty cool too. You know, they did like uh, the Brass Town Bald stage, and then they came off the mountain, and we all worked together that night for Athens. Oh, cool. So that was yeah, that was one of those. It started in Athens uh, that morning, so we all did commentary for that morning as they left out of Athens. Then they finished on Brass Town. Then those two came off Brass Town, and we all worked together for the for Athens Twilight. Uh, wow. I don't think gene really liked that liked it that much um because it just talk about i mean now that i think about it i'm just going how in the
0: hell they pull that off right the logistics of getting it done with four announcers
1: tour georgia Athens, twilight all at the same day like i look like if you were to tell me that was going to happen today i'd be like there's just no way how could you pull that off um but that's it uh so yeah Stop on by, check out to Athens Twilight, or watch the uh, the live stream and give. Man, just give give a few bucks. Watch the bike race, because it'll be cool. I think Frankie's going to be doing the call for the race that night, and I'll be on the live stage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then after that, um, I guess you and I head to... Uh, I'll be in Redlands. You'll be in Redlands.
0: Yeah, I guess then we're into early May, which, yeah, brings Redlands, and then tour California. And we kind of do, blo- so- do a little block of road racing. And then, uh, yeah, get Winston back to some crits. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. Winston-Salem's crit course. Winston-Salem has yeah. this cool figure eight course that sort of goes over... It, well, it goes over itself. There's a bridge that goes just Isn't before cool? the start-finish line. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great course. It's really cool. The finish is a little long. And, you know, it's this... It kind of goes downhill out of the last turn and then kicks up a little bit. So it's a long sprint. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. And we, u- we usually have uh you and i for our commentary like it's
1: a legit like all races are legit but this, like the 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 irony behind this race the crit on saturday night is that on sunday there's a uci road race right so you have riders from all over the world coming in and doing these crits and it's so interesting to watch like the european riders coming over here doing a crit like all the crit specialists are looking at them like okay tomorrow i'm not going to get in your way today don't get
0: in my way. Yeah, it was the, it was the Colombian climbers I remember last year. Uh, yep. um, uh, what was the team with uh, Marlea Mejias, uh, Shimano Weber Ladies yes. Power? Shimano Weber, yeah. They, they were they were definitely on the favorites list for that road race, but they got shelled in the crits. I mean, just... <laughs> they all kind of, you can hear them talking when they're going by the lap. They were kind of like, "What the hell <laughs> yeah. is this?" I mean, which yeah, which I gotta say is also one of the super cool things about American crit racing. It's just so special. You know, we we talk about crit racing as an American thing, and we forget that there is like crit racing happens. Every weekend, all over the world, there's uh, the tour series in the UK. There's you know, there's there's plenty of crit racing that goes on, but it's just nothing like nothing American like. crit racing. I don't and and there's no there's no quantifiable, uh, you know, A power file. Yeah, there's no one thing you can point to and just be like, this is why American races are harder. They just are. They're just faster and more explosive and tougher and I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. Uh, years and years of Europeans coming over to race in the US and they've all said the same thing. Holy crap, this is hard.
1: <laughs> what is this, you know? Yeah. I've never had anybody touch me like that before, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so no. So that's a uh, that's it. Please, you know, like Brad said, you know, give a little give a few bucks. I'm going to I'm actually going to pay a few bucks and watch the live stream as I'm doing commentary. Maybe I can get some good insight on some commentary. But um yeah, that looks like it's it. I mean, Brad and I obviously talked about um the classics coming up in crit racing, but, you know, we were kind of stumped for topics today. You know, I I woke up this morning feeling awfully snarky, but I know you and I, when we get kind of together and you're snarky and I get snarky, it's not, it's a very volatile combination. So I think we, I think we pulled it off pretty good.
0: Yeah, that that was a positive episode. I do want to say one more thing about the streaming. You said, you know, encouraging people to watch, even if you're not able to watch, uh, First of all, you can get all. You'll be able to get all the races on demand with the USA Crits. It's USACrits.tv, by the way, is the yep. place to go to subscribe to this. You know, even if you're not going to watch every race, just sign up for the subscription. It's a, a, a it's a vote that you want more good crit coverage, and that really helps us to determine, you know, how much we can spend on these productions going forward, and uh, you know, having numbers to take to sponsors to try to get some money that way. So. Even if you're just a fan of crit racing, uh, I encourage you to sign up for a subscription.
1: I mean, what? I mean, no, how, how could you? It, it's just such a good. Th- if you're truly and and Brad, I think this goes back to our podcast about criteriums uh, when we were talking, not with Gene, but it was something about paying to play. Yep. And you know, it it I we're so used to it, and we're so jaded, and we're so set in our ways to deal with you know, getting on a pirated feed and trying to click on pop-up blockers that are really just ads and you clicked on the wrong side of it. Why go through that? Why? Just pay a few bucks, man. To save $5. To save $5, you know? I mean, do it. I mean, I know the families will, but bike racers won't. Yep. Help! Get your team together. That if you are doing if you are a stage racing team, get your team together and watch it with your team, and everybody split it. I there mean, you go. expensive. There is no way to
0: <laughs> you can write it off. Yeah, and you do it like that. Split it.
1: Send it off to your team management and say, "Yeah, we uh, this is part of our food. Uh, you know, this is our food. <laughs> this is what we paid in food
0: today." Yeah, why but, does it USA like? But I mean, to be honest, it's not about the money. For I would think for most of these people, I think it's forty dollars. Uh, don't don't quote me on that, but you know, if you are riding a eight thousand dollars bike and eating. $2 cliff shots you can you can afford this. So no, like
1: I, I think most everybody and what you're doing is you're looking, you know, you're you're looking out for you're just looking out for improving the sport as it happens, yeah. you know? And I think Oh,
0: the other cool, it, the, the other cool thing about the USA Grids thing is there is a cut for the teams. Uh, I don't know how it's going to get worked yes, there out. I don't, I don't know if it's a net cut or a gross cut or how that works, but uh there is some sort of kickback system for the team so uh well that was part of gene's model which
1: i applauded because then you get the teams to buy in right Uh, and i know i'm on the inside of this i know there are certain teams that want to go race that their team management is focused some other way and it's kind of really you know because the money is real and the racing is great Yep. And now there's a vested interest because now uh, USA Crits in the in the TV concept, supported by Specialized, what they're doing is that they're going okay. What if you bring a team, we're going to give you a cut. It's like how brilliant is that? Yep. Um, it's fifty five dollars for the year, five ninety nine for annual full season pass, paid monthly, or
0: you could do uh, a one buy fifteen bucks. All right, so I'm thinking that I'm thinking the five ninety nine a month is the deal. For twelve months. Well, I mean, you save money if you pay for a year. Yeah, no, pay. Yeah, pay for it all up front. Fifty-five bucks. That's a deal.
1: You save twenty-five percent.
0: I'm doing it. I'm signing up right now. I hope people do it. I hope uh, you know. I hope we see insane numbers from the paywall this year, and that can encourage more races to jump on board and have better coverage all around for you, good people. Indeed.
1: Anything else, Brad? that you want to toss in the hat. We've already got our picks for Flanders. Uh, we'll talk about Roubaix afterwards. We've got a bottle of uh, good bourbon. It has to be at least thirty dollars, Brad.
0: All right, you want to make some picks for Athens Twilight while we're here? Hmm. We, don't, we don't have a start list, but I have a I have a pretty good idea of
1: who. we No, we'll no, let's wait because I want to do a podcast specifically about after Roubaix and after Flanders. I want to I want to do you know go after because there's a lot of big crits that are coming up in big road races. You know, and that will pretty much put the onus back on you and I um, to, to kind of pick for Athens. I think that, that would be fun. But I, I, I want to wait because there are other teams that are potentially signing on
0: that I want to make sure that they get in. All right. We will, we will wait for the next episode for our Athens Twilight picks. Stay tuned.
1: Wow. That's, that's a great way to close this out. Build some suspense. <laughs>
0: yeah. We had, we, right. had this, we had this whole thing planned.
1: Yeah, we did. (laughs) All right, Brad Soner, that is going to do it. I'm going to let you get back to doing whatever it is that you do on a Friday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What is it that you do on a Friday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania?
0: Oh, ride bikes, drink beer. Well, then just the drinking beer part. Okay, what's your go-to right now? Well, see, in Pittsburgh, you have to drink this stuff called Yingling. It's like no, you um,
1: don't have to drink that.
0: Crap. Well, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. I think it's a state law or something where you have to and you it's have a to pretend. You have to pretend to like it too. That's the other requirement for living in Pittsburgh. They also they also have these sandwiches with French fries on them that people pretend to like even though they're not really that good. Uh, salads. They have uh, yeah, salads with French so, fries. It's a weird thing, but yeah, people pretend to like them, so I just I go with the flow.
1: Hey, we put coleslaw and stuff down here. I don't get it whatever to each their Um, own what's that to each their own to each their own My, my go to right now is kind of like the tropical IPAs why I don't know I never thought I would like pineapple IPA but I actually do so there we go I'll try one tonight try one tonight All right, that's gonna do it for our podcast for Brad Soner this is Chad Andrew signing off on our latest podcast we'll talk to you guys in a few weeks about Athens and more Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on our Total Cyclist Summit and podcasts. Head on over to TotalCyclist.com to check out more great information on coaching, training, summits, and podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.